Good evening, and welcome to a special edition of the podcast known as Mystic Misfits, the Halloween edition, where we will be speaking about Satanism, witchcraft, voodoo, Santeria, hoodoo, all of those things and sacrificing sacrificing anything with blood in it <laughs> no actually i'm joking it's uh, definitely not about that at all and if you think that you're a complete moron but anyway welcome to another exciting edition a special edition of mystic misfits uh my name is ryan evans and i'm here with my co-host the fabulous chaplain, Deanna Barker. Hi, Deanna. Hello. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. It's raining outside a lot. It is. There's been some moments of torrential downpour. It makes it feel as if the season of uh, autumn is here. Yeah. Definitely. We're getting closer to get you know, moving into winter with colder weather. Ice, snow. Hurricanes. <laughs> Maybe a few hurricanes, sure. All that good stuff. But it is that moment, that shifting moment, that so many people believe throughout the centuries and really the eons. Cause, um, or I should say millennia. Not eons, not 10,000 years, but millennia that the veil between life and death basically thins out and people that have passed away are easier to communicate with they're easier it's easier for them to cross over back into this realm and make contact and say hello or possibly do some other stuff that you know if they maybe weren't such a good person right that's what this season is about and it's also a part of keeping time so there's a strong spiritual connotation to it 100 percent, but also a, an astronomical uh just clock connotation to it as well that is what halloween is about or all hallows eve or all saints day Mm. that's what we're talking about we're talking about Halloween and how did it get to the point to where now we celebrate it the way that we're accustomed to with the costumes and the candy <laughs> um, and taking the kids out trick or treating um, and having these fabulous <laughs> parties with lots of alcohol and just getting, you know, drunk off your ass and partying. And, you know, if you're lucky, maybe you might get laid after. If somebody really likes your costume. <laughs> um, but that's basically what it is. And buying lots of, uh, lots of candy. And spending all that additional money on costumes and decorations. Yeah. Going to haunted houses. I mean, okay, so we're in Fort Worth, Texas, and one of the best haunted houses in the entire in the entire United States is here in Fort Worth. Um, 
which is called Screams. So, or no, I'm sorry, Cutting Edge. My bad, Cutting Edge. We have Screams too, but that's in Waxahachie. I don't know what they're rated. But no, Cutting Edge is rated number one in the country. Because it used to be an old meatpacking plant. I've been to it once. It definitely is very freaky. You get a lot of different vibes. Mm -hmm. But it was also hot on the inside too when I went. That kind of just, I don't know. It, it kind of took away from the moment yeah. because there were so many people and then you have to wait in lines while you're on the inside too but no it was definitely pretty scary okay. so, isn't that what Halloween's about yeah the way we celebrate it nowadays yeah pretty much going around scaring everyone mm-hmm now, I will admit there are some people that don't necessarily need to put on costumes. They're just scary just the way they are. <laughs> they, don't need a, they don't need to be uh, uh, put on the makeup and the blood and the guts and all that other stuff. They just walk around and they're scary. That is true. That is true. Yeah. But I'm sure you and I, because we're not that far apart in age, but... Wait, how old are you? 52. I'm 43. So what is that? Almost 10 years? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're only 10 years different. So, I mean, we still grew up in the same, with the same generation of going going out trick-or-treating in the neighborhood, putting on your costumes, getting the makeup, um, doing all that good stuff, going out to get candy, right? Yeah. You did it. I, I've done it. I mean, it used to be something that was really... When I was younger, of course, I used to be really into it. And of course, my parents would dress me up and all that other stuff. Right. And then as I got older, when I was really into Star Trek, I would try to, like, I, I know I had my mom find a tailor, a seamstress, to, like, make me a Star Trek costume, my own uniform. And I used to go trick-or-treating in that for a while. Um, and then, like... There's been some other times that I did some other stuff, trick-or-treating. I think I tried to go as, like, Darth Vader at one point. And then a couple of years ago, I kind of went, like, as a zombie or something with my husband. So we did, like, a whole uh, Umbrella Corporation, Resident Evil type thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've done it. It's it's fun. Yeah. And here in, here in DFW in Dallas on Cedar Springs... At the uh, end of uh, October, uh, usually uh, on Saturday, which will be this 28th, they're going to have the block party over there. Right. There's going to be thousands of people outside dressed up in all. And some people are really going to be in the bare minimum showing off their bodies, of course. Yeah. But that's always fun. But, I mean, yeah, that is kind of what Halloween's about. It's really about the partying and the fun and the kids and the costumes and the the gorging yourself uh, on candy and knowing you could kind of get away with it because it's it's Halloween. We could do it. Yeah. What do you think Halloween is? Or what, what did you find out in your uh, investigations? In my investigations, I found out how the early Catholic Church Christianized Halloween. Yes. Why don't you tell us about that? Well, apparently, Pope Gregory mm -hmm. 
in the year 590 AD to 604 AD mm -hmm. um, conquered the Romans conquered the Celtic realms so the pagan tra traditions were adopted into the holiday honoring Catholic saints mm -hmm. so um, the Celtics had a festival called Sam Sam Wayne mm -hmm. or Sam Hain and it was their way of looking at the world and they had what is equivalent well it was halloween mm -hmm. sam was a moment when the spiritual world became visible to humans and the gods enjoyed playing tricks with mortals it was also a time when the spirits of the dead mingled with the living the celts believed in gathering all their harvest by Samhain so that it would not be damaged by the evil or mischievous spirits who could return on the first evening of the dark half of the year Token offerings of the harvested food should be offered to the spirits to place to place them, placate them. Sorry. Um, so Pope Gregory, after he conquered the Celtic realms, um, the Romans were Catholic, obviously, and they wanted to convert all of these non-Christians to Catholicism. Right. And, so Pope Gregory told them, says, well, what we'll do is we'll convert them to Catholicism and we'll keep their pagan ways. Mm -hmm. So it got adopted. Um, so in a fashion, Samhain, the Celtic's dark supernatural festival, eventually was converted and given to a Christian context. So from there, um, it spread from all across Europe and then eventually it made its way into the United States and that's how it became what we know today as Halloween. Right. Um, basically in my research that's uh, that sums it up as well. So and that that's what I want to talk about today. I wanna I wanna talk about what Halloween used to be or all Hollows Eve and they're you know it kind of it kind of goes back to the whole notion about people that live now in the 20th century. Mm -hmm. you, you know, we were born in the 20th century, and people that live now in the 21st that might have been born in 99 or 2000. Um, we have some issues with our um, with thinking. <clears throat> we have a lot of issues with thinking with our mentality. So anybody that I think may have been born, we'll say maybe in 1920 at least, right? So the ad advent, you were, if you were born in 1920, um, you were born um, during the advent of technology coming up, Te more technology kind of being incorporated into daily life. And basically yeah. from there, you know, going into the 30s, the 40s, the 50s with the, the wars, um, and then... Um, after the 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 microchip of course technology just exploded even more and started to be incorporated more into our daily life yeah. and our daily routines so anybody that was born honestly in 1920 and then uh, um, after that um we've we've been very privileged despite all the hardships and the wars and the you know whatever famine and um 
you know, anything horrible that's happened. Um, right. Or you may have been witnessed, or you may have been, you may have um, witnessed or been a part of. The technology, that has changed life. And, and today we live in a technological society, and we can't really live without it, as we found out during COVID. Right. We are so privileged. And now, granted, obviously, there are other um, societies and cultures in third world countries that may not necessarily have everything that uh, North America has or um, the European uh, unions has, but um, or even even in, in South America, but the stuff that we do have in some of the other countries, um, this what, what what we have is it's basically it's the first time in human history that we've had that type of access to right. food and clothing. And electricity, obviously, and the comforts of uh, shipping. <laughs> so, and that's that's I think is the that that's the huge issue with the way um, people's mentalities are. We we totally forget that the way we live has only been around for the last hundred and twenty years or so. Right. It was not like that at all. The way we live now. It was not like that before. Yeah. And that is the, I think that's the biggest issue that complicates why people have a misunderstanding of some of these things like the idea of Halloween. And then why it has this negative evil connotation of it's the devil's day and uh, it's bad to do all this stuff. Well, and, and you know, it, it, the the thing to know is that it, Halloween didn't originate in the United States. It was actually... No, it did not. It did not. And it was actually um, people from Ireland uh, who... Ireland and Scotland... Ireland, and Scotland, France, the islands around that. That brought area. it over. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the first thing... That's the first place you have to look at is the thinking. Why do we think the way we do right now? Well, that's because we're all accustomed to living a certain way and having uh, immediate gratification, uh, whether it be with our uh, internet uh, or our food or, um, fuck, even sex. I mean, everything is just instant gratification. We cannot seem to put ourselves in the shoes of our ancestors or lineage that lived 200 years ago, 300, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, and what life was like for them. Because as we saw during COVID, when the grocery uh, stores were just, you know, cleaned out, um, how much people freaked out. They freaked out over the food. They freaked out over not being able to get their services, (laughs) their haircuts done. They freaked out um, on uh, not being able to maybe get gas when there was the gas thing going on. And that's the whole thing. So it's like, let's go back in time because there's a reason that everything has kind of led up to the way it it is now that we perceive it. You have to go back in time to Ireland and Scotland and the um, some parts of France and the um, Mm -hmm. the islands because the Celtic people and their Druid priests had a very different type of lifestyle back then. Right. And we're talking about 
not 500 years ago or a thousand it's estimated to be about 2500 years old some evidence and artifacts suggest it could be 5000 years old right and we're talking about as you said earlier it's a gaelic word and it's um some people will say sawin um or sahim uh but um in several of the pronunciations that I've I read, it's called so uh, so win. Oh, okay. So win. Um, so so win was basically it's not a god or anything like that. That's not what <laughs> so win is. You're not praying to so win. So win is basically a time of year, which is it's the autumn basically. Um, let me see here. I have something highlighted. Yeah, so. Basically, what it could mean is the summer's end or an assembly or gathering. But it's basically the harvest festivals, the last one of the year in their society mm-hmm. back then. Um, so, again, it was a time to mark the change of, of you know, basically from the summer into the fall. That's yeah. what it was. It was a notch on the calendar. But... The spiritual connotation of it is, imagine being alive 2,500 years ago when you didn't have anything except your family and your village, your community, and you had your animals and whatever land that you had to uh, plant your your food on, your crops. What was the most important thing? back then 2500 years ago for those individuals it was going to be food right it was going to be food the food that you were able to harvest if you can harvest food well you were really fucked big time so the most important thing was going to be your agriculture and your livestock right And then your community, the other people in your village, in your little area, working together. Not like it is today, obviously. So the priorities back then, 2,500 years ago, was not the priorities that we all have today. Certainly not about how much money we make or um, how many times we might masturbate or um, what the devil's doing. Um, or, you know, who's getting prosecuted or, um, who's running the house, uh, of representatives, um, or any type of major conflict. Um, yeah, you know, that was not whatever our things are, or, you know, do I have the, do I, do I get the iPhone 15? (laughs) Where's my fucking iPhone 15? Where, where is it at? Uh-huh. Or you know, is this guy on Grinder coming to meet me? <laughs> it's that the priorities that we have today are just not the priorities that people had, you know, more than two hundred years ago, and of course, what the Celtic people had twenty five hundred years ago, five thousand. Well, yeah, because back then it was more serious. It's famine, disease. Uh, just having fire. To you know, right. keep yourself warm was important. So when we break it down and look at 
um, the way life was 2,500 years ago, that's what they were celebrating. So that's what um, Sowin is about, is about that change in time from the summer going into the, going into the fall and you're basically your harvest at the end of summer mm-hmm. that was going to potentially get you through the cruel, harsh, bitter, winter. bitter winter months. And whether or not you were going to fucking survive or not. <laughs> um, really, I can imagine if you planted potatoes and only half your crop came out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, or sh- even half your crop crop came up and then what if some of your livestock died? Yeah. You were just really, really fucked. So... In order to celebrate that, they had like a three-day festival during that Sowin time. And that festival was about... Um, and here's another thing. Kind of like how it looks like right now, right? It's mm-hmm. rainy, it's dark, it's cloudy. Uh, you know, it kind of gets colder. Um, it's kind of... Um, Pretending, basically. Um, kind of like the Ides of March type thing, right? It's, it's, it's portending. It's kind of predicting, like, that harshness. Yeah. And then that harshness that you feel as uh, we shift into the fall and winter. And, of course, some years are going to be more different than others in terms of whether there's snow and how cold it is. Um it would appear sometimes, right? It would, you would feel back then, of course, back then, because we feel it now, it's like, oh, it just feels so dark, and um, you kind of, the light in your mind goes off about, like, oh, it's, like, scary and dark and maybe death. You kind of think about death, people dying. So, of course, that, that whole concept got meshed into it as well. Like, this is a time of transition. Right. Because you have all the the leaves from the trees falling off, things just kind of looking dead after you kind of just went through a really great summer, and the sun was everywhere and just you know shining and radiating its beautiful rays of light everywhere, and then everything gets dark and cold and starts to die and fade. So how, of course, your mind is going to make that jump and that it's going to equate to like oh death, right? And that's basically what we have to consider that those people were were thinking about. Yeah. So when they thought about that, that's where the idea of the veil thinning out uh, basically developed. And that this is the time frame for you to make contact with people that may have died this past year and try to visit them or they want to visit you or all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And is that wrong? Is that so bad? No. Well, I wouldn't say so. No. I think you I mean, you don't have to have Halloween to want to do that. I mean, the people that I talked about in one of the previous episodes, you lose somebody, you want to talk to them, you want to know they're okay. Exactly. So, yeah, that's basically how it developed. And like you said, um, uh, the see, I think there were two popes. But Pope Gregory was the last one that did it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Pope Gregory was the one that designated November 1st as um, a time to honor the saints. But they realized uh, him and the other pope, I think it was Bon Bonifier, Boniface or something, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, you know, these people are, are not going to stop doing what they're doing. These habits are not going to die. Right. So we just have to let them do it. And, you know, some people were going to incorporate the saints. And then some people were also, those same people were also going to do both. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, the, um, the way we experience Halloween, though, it didn't happen. It didn't really get that way until, I think it was maybe like around the early 1900s when there was like over a million Irish um, and Scottish people that came over um, from from over there because there was a uh, there was some famine going on with their their crops. Yeah, and I think it was potatoes. Yeah. So that so when they came in, that's when we got that influx of them bringing some of those older ideas of the Sowin um, with them, and then the Halloween thing started to to come up. But the the commercialization really started more uh, after the 50s, so in the 1950s, and has developed into what it is today, which is billions of dollars. (laughs) (laughs) Billions of dollars on everything spent for the parties, the decorating, the costumes, the good times. Yeah. So, is, so, with that said, Deanna, who should be afraid of Halloween? Nobody. I don't think anybody should be afraid of Halloween. No, well, I don't think anybody should be afraid of Halloween either. You know, but there are there are some evil people out there who do evil things, like put razor blades in candy and mm-hmm. even kill. Well. I think it was last year when Hocus Pocus 2 came out, there was some lady that went viral because she was like, do not let your children watch this. This is going to brainwash them. It's opening up a portal inside of them to the devil. Let me tell you, folks. Do you really think that the devil, with all of that power, requires Hocus Pocus 2? No. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to get no. your child seriously yeah, the devil has a lot of power but you know not more than jesus but that's still a lot of power Mm-hmm. and out of all the things that have happened throughout history the devil's gonna focus on hocus pocus too on bet midler that's the case it would have been halloween uh-huh all those Halloween movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Halloween, Jason, Freddy Krueger, uh, the Saw guy. Chainsaw Massacre. The Chainsaw Massacre dude. I mean, yeah. So the devil, uh, you know, has had a whole genre or a film right. to come through. Seriously. Again, that goes back to the whole idea of how you think in your mentality and your psyche. And you know what? Quite honestly, I just how fucking educated are you? Seriously. 
And even if you aren't fucking educated, it just comes down to common sense. <laughs> think back, think back when you were a child and what you watched and what you did. Did the devil get you? Seriously? No. Was was that movie growing up, Return to Witch Mountain? I remember that movie. About the brother and sister who who returned to Witch Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Yeah. It was a Disney movie. Oh, Disney movie. Okay. Yeah. It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I loved the first Hocus Pocus movie. Oh, yeah. The first one was, was awesome. I liked it because it had Omar Cass in it. The the boy, the character, I yeah. liked it because he was kind of cute at that time. Of course, you know, I was gay. <laughs> But honestly, like one of my favorite movies to watch during this time is Rocky Horror Picture Show. I just love that. Oh, I'm over it. Are you? Yeah. I think I've seen it twice in my life. Oh, I could watch it several times. I just, Tim Curry, the way he looked and acted in that movie. I know, it's so sad now because now he's in a wheelchair. And it, yes. Yes. Oh, but he was amazing. Yeah, he was. He, he really did a good job for that, for Dr. Frankenfurter. But yeah, I mean, so obviously we, we've been talking about Halloween and its origins. And you know what? Are there some people that are going to go to the complete opposite spectrum of what Halloween is meant to represent? Absolutely. And there are so many crazy people out there that are going to be practicing and doing weird things that they should not be doing. Like, you know, trying to sacrifice children. Or sacrifice an animal. Or, yeah, even sacrifice an animal. I mean, we have to admit that, yeah, there are people that do really crazy things at this time of the year. Yeah, try cast spells. Mm-hmm. I mean... Okay, so if you want to do a ritual, sure, do a ritual. That's what they did. So they would do rituals. And that's where some well, of these things yeah. would come from that we know of, like the trick-or-treating and then uh, the jack-o'-lanterns, which they which Yeah, they the used, carving of the jack-o'-lantern. They used uh, uh, turnips back then. Um, and then they had huge bonfires, which were meant to represent the community fire, the community hearth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, they would... Um, they would everybody would turn off their fires like in their homes their fireplaces or whatever and then they would, the whole community or town would go and um, light a huge bonfire and then they would take that uh, like one thing of, of fire back uh, to their homes to represent that the community is is together um, and that their fire is one that's how important like community was to them which 200 years ago, 500 years ago, and 2,500 years ago, yeah, your neighbors were going to be all you had. And sometimes a village may only have, like, you know, 10 people and kids. So um, that was very important. Yeah, here's what it says about about the jack-o'-lantern. One of the rituals adopted from the Celts was pumpkin carving, 
which held religious significance. The jack-o'-lantern custom consists of placing fire, which imitates the good magic of the sun, inside a hollowed-out vegetable, representing the harvest. It was done in hopes that the good magic will help to preserve the harvest food through the dark half of the year, meaning the winter, mm -hmm. until the next growing season could replenish the community's food stocks. That's what, so, you know, they did this for significance, for their survival. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we do it just for fun. And then um, the whole thing with the trick-or-treating thing, there used to be something called souling, where the kids and members of the community would go uh, to people's houses and they would offer to pray for their deceased during this these like three days. And then in return for payment for the prayers, they would give them cakes or, you know, mm -hmm. treats of some sort. And that's where uh, I kind of believe that the whole idea of the trick-or-treating came. But the other thing is too... <sighs> They would also, because let's be honest, they still believed in demons, but not the kind of demons that we know of in terms of the Christian version. But they would believe in like lost souls and um, nymphs, uh, fairies, but not the Tinkerbell kind of fairy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. These are other like little uh, demons that um, would wreak uh, chaos and mischief. So they believed in all those things, and they would put on makeup or wear disguises to try to blend in or to ward off uh, yeah. these other little worldly creatures, um, you know, from harming them. So they also believed in that. And that's why some of the, the idea of the disguises and the makeup and the costumes came come into play. So, um, I mean, and there's there's other traditions obviously that's a part of it um and then um what was i gonna say yeah other other traditions um that have gotten incorporated into it well i guess while i'm thinking about what i was going to say um so a lot of information you can find online, of course, but there are books out there. I have two books. One of them is uh, Llewellyn's Little Book of Halloween by uh, Mickey Mueller. So this is a really cool little concise book about history and stuff um, and rituals that they may have done back then, which where we get some of our ideas. So it's pretty concise in its little history. Uh, I would definitely recommend this one. Oh, yeah, that's his name. In 609 CE, um, Pope Boniface the Fourth was working to con convert all the Roman pagans to Christianity. Mm -hmm. um, and then Pope Gregory was the, the one that finally realized, because Pope Gregory moved, it, moved the day from May back to November. November, November 1st. 1st. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, I would definitely recommend this. There's just so many cool little tidbits of information in here. Uh, and then another book is Halloween Nation, uh, Behind the Scenes of America's Fright Night by Leslie Pratt Banneton. 
Yeah. Um, this one's pretty interesting. This one has, um, like, they asked a whole bunch of people, like, what do you, what does Halloween mean to you? And there was one comment in here that I thought was like really, really cool and kind of really summed up Halloween. I'm looking for this. Is there anything else you wanted to to say about it? Mm, no, no, actually, no. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, like some people said, it's about possibility, right? Um, because like when you're a kid, it you know. Halloween just opens up the possibility of your, for your creativity, your ingenuity, the idea of spooky stuff. Right. Um, and then tolerance uh, is another word that people used because um, it's kind of like you just to go to these parties or go out trick-or-treating and you see all these costumes and stuff and people acting and behaving in you know, these weird ways, you, you have to be tolerant. But people expect to be tolerant. It's kind of like on a, any other day when you see somebody out wearing a costume, you're going to be like, what the fuck is up with them? Right. Why the fuck are they wearing that? It's not Halloween. <laughs> and of course, somebody said driving away evil spirits. And uh, somebody said merriment, horror, uncorking the bottle. Well, because there's a lot of drinking, of course. Um dark spooky magic um coming out of your own skin um let's see here what did she say uh what i just loved about halloween when i was a kid was uh, becoming something else all the little daydreams i had in my head and my sense of adventure come halloween i found uh, being i i could be that thing I could be a cat burglar. I could be from Planet of the Apes. It was like your daydreams were made flesh. That's very true. Mm. Uh, things that return, freedom, connection to the astral dead. Absolutely. Creativity, vandalism. So the one that I loved the most is this one. Uh, the key word is death. And she says... I like to call Halloween a dichotomy holiday. It's a swirl of serious and silly that formed from reactions to what all people have in common, death. We accept death but also want to deny its finality. And so I believe when we celebrate Halloween, we celebrate that colorful heritage of tradition having to do with mortality, death, and the other world. We celebrate lives past and present we celebrate ourselves. I think that was a beautiful quote, and I think that that, that well, kind of encapsulates. I can't a part help but celebrate Halloween. my mom's birthday because it's October thirty first. 
Well, there you go. Happy birthday to your mom. Uh, she's gone, but never forgotten on Halloween. No, absolutely. And, of course, that's the whole idea. Maybe she will come and visit you within those three days. Yeah. When that veil is thinner. You know, get the sign. I saw the sign. Was she, like, being that that was her birthday, was she into it? Or was she like, oh, fuck, my birthday's Halloween. <laughs> that would be like uh, somebody's birthday being on no, Christmas. She was into it. Or Christmas Eve. She was into it. She was into it? Yeah. yeah. She always had candy for the kids and stuff for Halloween. It wasn't Baja Bunk, like Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, you know, I don't get me wrong. I love my birthday. I love April thirteenth. But, um, I think it would have been cool to be born on Halloween on the thirty first. That's cool. Yeah. Um, no offense, Jesus, but um, being born on your birthday, maybe not so much because people don't really give two presents. They're just kind of like all in one. Hey, happy birthday. Here's your Christmas and birthday <laughs> present. So, yeah. So I think Halloween would have been cool. So that's basically, uh, I think that's basically it. We wanted to just talk a little bit about Halloween and its origins and how things have kind of like uh, evolved into what they are and what most of us know Halloween to be. Which is kind of sad in a way because... It's evolved into like pranks and jokes and stuff. And these people back in the back in the day mm -hmm. in AD, they were actually doing this for their survival. Mm -hmm. You know these rituals that they do—the carving of the jack o' lantern and yeah, these everything. these were this their... was this was things that they had to do in order that they believed they had to do in order to survive. Oh, absolutely! Very serious. It was time. a must. Yeah, it was live or die. And now it's just. Like, fun and jokes. Yeah, now it's fun and it's jokes. Fun and, and mock. Well, again, I mean, we take everything for granted nowadays. It's hocus pocus too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but as we found out during COVID, I mean, you know, our life and the way that we live life, our whole civilization can come to a halt at any moment in time. So with that said, uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, close out this podcast. We're going to wish everybody a very safe uh, enjoy his Halloween celebration, uh, wherever you're at, whatever you're going to be doing. Um, have fun. Be safe. Don't forget to check us out at uh, stickmisfits.net. Uh, we are on Spotify now and iHeartRadio. So uh, check us out on those platforms as well. So peace out, many blessings, and we'll see you next week.